Praise God, somebody. Praise God. Amen. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it Kenya style. Uh, what was that? Uh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God again. That's how they do it um, over there. Um, so thank you, worship team, for bringing us into the presence of the Lord. Somebody help us say thank you. Amen. If you felt the presence of the Lord, make some noise. Amen. If God has blessed you so far, make some noise. Amen. 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 Oh, man, I feel the presence of the, of the Lord in this place. We are happy to be here. We're happy that you came. Thank you for uh, worshiping um, with us today. Um, as a Canadian that moved to the United States, there's two things that should never happen. They should never, ever, ever happen. Thing number one, Team Canada should never lose at hockey. I know you guys don't care about hockey, but it's important to me and we should never lose. Second thing that should never happen is Team USA should never lose at basketball. They should never, ever, ever lose at basketball. Them losing at basketball is like blasphemy. Unfortunately, guess what happened today, this year, this week? They lost at the World Championship of Basketball. Team USA lost. And who did they lose to? It wasn't Canada. It was, it was Germany. What Germany knows about basketball? If you lose to them at, at soccer, okay, I can, I can swallow that. But they lost to Germany in basketball. That should never happen. That should never happen. But you know why, why it happened? Is because as a country, we did not tap into all the basketball resources that we had. We did not send our best. We did not send our second best. We sent, so in other words, Steph Curry's greatest shooter of all time wasn't there. Uh, KD, second best player, wasn't there. The King wasn't there. Hold on, we're going somewhere with this. And so our theme is to walk into victory. And I want to tell you this afternoon that sometimes we lose because we're not tapping into all the resources that we have. And, and I'm not talking about the greater shooter. I'm not talking about the second best player. I'm not talking even about the king of basketball. I'm talking about the king of kings. And we're not tapping into those resources. And that's why we're, we're, we're losing in, in life. But there's some good news. I think it's yesterday or the day before. Coco Guff, the American, won at tennis. And she's from West Palm Beach. Amen. All right, so shout out to Coco for her victory in, in, in tennis and to represent and, and bring some, some uh, honor to the United States. Amen. And, and so as I was talking to my wife about it and, we're, um, and she started looking up Coco and, 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 and we're talking and guess what Coco got? She got a nice envelope. And in that envelope was not one, not two, three million dollars. And we saw Coco started when she was six years old. So guess what, kiddos? You better pick up them rackets. <laughs> Bella, you're going to pick up a racket, okay? We're going to go play some tennis, all right? And make sure you share with your papa, amen. So when we have victory, we're happy. Nobody here wants to lose. Anybody here you want to lose? So as we're getting to the end of the book of Ephesians, the last stretch is, is um, how to walk in victory. How to walk in victory. And today, we're going to focus on knowing your enemy. One thing that they do a lot in, um, in basketball or other sports, after a loss or even after a win, they go back and they review the tape. 
Right? They go back and they look at the video, and in the video, they're going to look at what they did wrong, but they're also going to look at what their opponent, how they, how they maneuver, how they play, right? They, they learn their opponent. And, and, and I feel like sometimes we're losing because we don't know our opponent. Right? We, we don't even realize that we're in a battle. So if you don't even know yet you're in a battle, how are you supposed to walk in victory? So please open your Bibles with me in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 10 to verse 12. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 12. If you have it, say amen. amen. All right. So finally, be strong in the Lord and His in, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Father God, we pray that you speak to us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Amen. So Paul starts and he says, finally... Now, I, I, I can see some of you, you're like, all right, finally we're out of Ephesians. But you should know better. You know when a Baptist tells you I'm almost done, he had got three more points to his message and another 30 minutes to go, right? So finally doesn't mean that we're almost done, but, but we're getting there. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Finally, be strong in the Lord. And um, strength... In that context, the word is very, um, very important. It says, in dynamo. You would translate in or in dynamo, meaning to put strength inside, to make capable. So you could translate that, not be strong, but be empowered. Right? And he says, he's telling to the Ephesians to be empowered in the Lord and in his mighty power. In the sense that the power to fight doesn't come from you. The power to fight comes from the Lord. You know, I'm an MCU fan, right? I'm an MCU fan. I like, uh, at least up to end game. I don't know what they're doing after end game, but up to end game, I enjoyed it. Um, and in Captain America Civil War, there's a, um, um, a character, the Winter Soldier. So he's a super soldier. He knows how to fight. And at that point, Tony Stark did not come to fight. Tony Stark, which is Iron Man, he's coming and, um, he's in a suit, like a, not, not his armor suit, but it's a suit and tie. Um, and then he has to fight the Winter Soldier. Uh, and he goes and he just has like a little, a little bit of his suit in his hand and he goes fight. And guess what, what happened? He gets whooped. He gets whooped. Tony Stark, it takes two seconds, Tony Stark is on the floor. Because he went as a normal human. Later on in the movie, he said, okay, you know what, I'm going to hunt him down. But this time, I'm not going to be wearing loafers, I'm going to wear my armor. And when he puts on his armor, he becomes a formidable foe, he becomes a superhero. And, and it's, it's kind of like how we are. If you go and you fight by yourself, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. But if you fight with the power of God, then you're going to win. And, 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 and the symbol is like, you ever see in your house, you ever have a bug in your house? Do you ever take time to talk to the bug? Sometimes I do, I'll confess. When I see a bug, I'm like, bruh, why are you here? Why are you here? If you stay here, you're going to die. Okay, I'm going to go get some juice. If you're still here, then, then we're going to have a problem. And then guess what? It, it's a wrap. 
you understand that the distance of power between you and the bug is less than the distance of power between you and the devil. So if you try to face the devil and the powers of darkness in your own strength, it, it, it's not going to go well. But the good news is the power, the differential of power between the devil and God is even greater. So now if you go and you fight in the power of God, then you're going to win. And, and, and I know you guys like movies, so let me use another movie illustration. There's a clip. I didn't see the full movie, but I guess there's a, you guys can help me figure out which movie that is. There's a guy, um, they kill his dog. Uh, John Wick. So they kill his dog, and, and the, the mob who killed his, his dog goes to his boss, and the boss is pissed. Why did you do that? But boss, what do you care that I killed the dog? It's not that you killed the dog. It's who the dog belongs to. And because they killed John Wick's dog, then John Wick goes on a rampage and not recommended for Christian. Amen. But he goes on a rampage. And so understand this. Because you're a child of God, if they touch you, they touch him. If they come after you, they come after him. And, 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 and so if you apply yourself to be strong, meaning be empowered to be filled with the presence of God, you will have the victory because the victory doesn't depend on you, it depends on God. You know, when it comes to salvation, we understand that we cannot save ourselves. If you gave your life to Christ, you understood that you could not save yourself. You understood that, you know what, Jesus, I cannot do this by myself, I need you. So when you, when God takes you home and you pass, nobody here is going to be like, oh, I'm going to raise myself from the dead. You're fully dependent on God to take you and raise you from the dead and bring you to heaven. But somehow, when it comes to walking in the Christian life, we make a switch and now we're depending on ourselves. So we're counting on God for salvation, but we're counting on ourselves for sanctification. And that's why in sanctification, we don't have the success that we should have because we're counting on ourselves. But if you count on God, then you would have the power and the strength to have the victory. So first we have strength. But then we need the victory to do what? We need the victory. Verse, 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 verse 11 says, Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that you can make a stand. You know, like in, in a lot of different states, you have a duty to retreat. Right? Meaning if, if something happens, uh, like a, a conflict, you have to back away. In Canada, you got to back away. But in Florida and other states, they say, no, you can stand your ground. Now, I'm not making this political, uh, if you agree, don't agree, I don't know, I don't, I don't really care, honestly. I don't get myself in trouble, let's say, stay low-key. But spiritually speaking, when you're facing the devil, you cannot retreat. You got to stand your ground. When you're fighting, spiritually speaking, you have to be able to make a stand. And, and, and here is to be able to be steadfast, to be persevere, and, and to be able to stand. Why? Because we're in a struggle. A lot of times we, 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 we think of the Christian life like a cruise. Right? We feel like we should have all the food that we want. If you have, guys ever been on a cruise, I mean, it's amazing. You got like a whole lot of food, different restaurants, all you can eat, all activities, all included. And, and that's how we think that life should be. But Christian life is not a cruise, it's a battle. It's a battle, it's a war. And it's the only war that when you fight that war, you don't bring death, you bring life. You don't bring death, you bring life. And that's the struggle that we're in. And, and, um, and he says, 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Meaning there's somebody that is coming after you. There's somebody that's pushing after you. But then you have to be able to take a stand. You have to be able to not only stand still, but move forward. And sometimes if you feel you're not moving forward, it's not because you're necessarily doing, it's because somebody is coming after you. But you consider, you think that you're fighting against flesh and blood. You think that the problems that you're having are a natural problem, so now you're trying to address them in a natural way. But some of the problems that you have are not natural problems, they're supernatural problems, and they need to be addressed in the supernatural. You cannot overcome supernatural problems with natural means. You can only overcome those with supernatural means, and supernatural meaning the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, now don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not one that tells you everything is the devil, right? And like there's a joke, and it's just a joke, don't be mad, people get offended for everything. How many Pentecostals do you need to uh, change a light bulb? Three. One to change the bulb, and two to cast the demon in the darkness. It's just a joke, chill, right? Now I'm not over-spiritualizing everything, but there are some things that are happening in your life that you need to understand, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. The co-worker that's coming at you at work, they might be coming at you because they're a jerk, but they're also coming at you because they're getting help from somewhere, right? And they're coming at you, they, they got it after you for some reason, you didn't do nothing, but somehow they're coming after you. Well, it's because maybe it's not them coming after you, maybe somebody else is coming after you through them. Maybe they're coming after you through them. And you have to understand, if you don't understand that, you go back at them. And you start fighting them, and you start fighting the very person that God sent you to save. The very person that God sent you to be a testimony to, now you're fighting them, while you should be fighting the spirit behind them. And so he says, verse 12, so, verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your sin against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He says, for our struggle, and in the word struggle, you know what it is? It means wrestling. It means wrestle. And, and the image of a wrestler is, is, is you're trying to pin the other person down. You're trying to take him down. And when you take him down, the only way that you win is when you're able to pin them down. So now, how many people watch a WWF growing up? Or WWE? Now, my era was Jimmy Superfly Snooker, the British Bulldog, Hulk Hogan. Yeah! Now, I'm not going to do the Hulk Hogan. Shred the church, the shirt, not at church. But it, it, you know, it was, it was, it was a, a lot, a lot of fun and like jumping. Now, if you watch that, it's not real. Sorry. It's not real. They are trained. I did not know that. And, and one time I was playing my brother and I did the, that didn't go well. And, and, and I praise God that at that moment, my brother had a lot, but my older brother, he had a lot of self-control. Because if he took it seriously, he would be a rap really fast. So it's fake. But you see, when you watch the WWF, what they try to do, they try to pin them down, and then the referee will come and say, one, two, and then at the last second, 
The guy would lift his arm, right? He would lift his arm, and then the fight would go on. And, and understanding that the struggle that you're in, what the devil is trying to do is trying to pin you down, right? He's trying to get you down and keep you down. So now, in the fight, if you ever watch, the fact that you're down on the mat doesn't mean that you lost the fight. The fact that you're down on the mat one time, two times, two times, doesn't mean that you lost the fight as long as you get back up. As long as you get back up because before the referee is down doing his count. If you're able to get back up before the referee does his count, you're able to fight. Let me tell you something. If you're breathing, the referee's not done with his count. If you're breathing, the referee's not down with the count. So you can get up and you can fight. You can get up and you can fight, but you're not going to do it in your own strength. You need to do it with the strength and the power of God. You need to do it with the strength and the power of God because this is a struggle. And, 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 and you, and, and if you know, like, you, you watch those fights, and, and actually there's a fight, I don't watch those fights, I just watch the results. Right? I, I don't like to see guys fighting. It's like so barbaric. But I like to know who won. Like, I don't know, I like to know who won, right? So I'm not gonna watch the fight, but I'm gonna watch the results, right? Um, and guess what? When, when you prepare for a fight, you, you watch the, the films of the other fighter and you watch your strategy, right? And that's what we're gonna do. It says, uh, verse 12 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes, right? The schemes, the devil's strategies. And, and it's funny because you go in the Greek of that word, the, 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 the word is methodo, methodia, meaning method. That's where we get the word method, meaning the devil, and when he comes at you, he has a method, he has a strategy that he's using to come at you, and I want to tell you, he has a strategy that he's using from the beginning. He has a strategy that you, and so since the day you're born, he's observing you, and he knows your weak points, and he knows, and he has a strategy to come after you. And so that's why we have to know what are the schemes so that you can fight against those schemes. What are, what are the methods? Uh, even in the definition, it says to, to be looking for something, to be searching for something. If you ever found yourself where you, you, you fell and, um, what caused you to fall was so easy, you ever wonder why? Well, because it was strategically placed for there for you to make you fall, right? So you, you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a battle, you're in a struggle, with the enemy, and he's strategic in this fight against you. But we're walking through life like, like I said, like it's a cruise, so we have no strategy. We have no habit, we, we don't, and then when we fall, we're surprised that we fell, but we don't have a strategy to prevent us from falling the next time, right? And, and understand this, in his schemes, the enemy has three goals. Three goals and three goals alone. Three things that he's trying to do. Three things, three goals. It says, Jesus tells us in John 10, chapter 9 um, to 10, says, I am the gate, Jesus says, whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. When the enemy comes in your life, he only has three goals for you. Steal, kill, destroy. Steal, kill, destroy. There are some people that the enemy sends in your life. They look fun. They look cool. Steal, kill, destroy. There are some opportunities that are open before you. You know you shouldn't take it maybe because it's not, it's not, it's shady. Steal, kill, destroy. 
That's the only thing that the enemy wants in your life. Steal, kill, destroy. You guys probably know the story of uh, Troy. Troy was the city. It was armored with walls. And the Greeks came after that city. And they could not break in that city. They could not break in that city. And then what they did, they faked. They said, okay, you know what? We're retreating. We lost. We're going home. and But we're giving you a gift. And they gave him a horse, which the term the Trojan horse, right? They gave him a horse, a big statue, a big horse. And the, the Trojan, they, 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 they made a mistake. They accepted the gift of their enemy. And they brought the horse inside the walls. But guess what? Inside the horse were hidden soldiers. So when at night everybody's sleeping, the soldiers got out of the horse. And then they opened the gate and they laid the city on fire. And some of us, that's what we do. We accept the gifts of our enemy. We accept the gifts of our enemy. And when those gifts come in our lives, then it's a, it's a rampage. Remember, your enemy, all he wants is steal, kill, and destroy. Those are the three, three, um, three goals that the enemy has. And then he has three methods to achieve that in your life. If you follow with me in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. So the three methods that the enemy is going to use to come after you is, it says this in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. It says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So, so you have a contrast, right? He says, don't love the world, because if you love the world, um, the love of the Father is not in you. But then he goes and he identifies what is in the world. He says, it is uh, the desires of the, uh, of the flesh, of the body and flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you look in your life, and I'm going to ask you to look in your life, at the areas where you struggle, I, I guarantee you, you can put them in one of those categories. It's whether because of the, the, the desires of the flesh, flesh, the desires of the eyes, what you see, or the pride of life, right? If you find yourself sometimes, you know, like um, desires of the flesh, right? We, we Now we live in a country that has a lot of abundance, and, and we go to, um, I don't know if they still do that, but Golden Corral or whatnot. But guess what happens if you eat too much too long? Over time... What happens? Diabetes, that sort of thing, right? Still kill, destroy. Now, I'm not saying if you have diabetes that, you know, the enemy is, you know, it's health. But you can see the principle that God is calling us to self-control, right? He's calling us, like, there's something called gluttony. Right, when you eat too much. Now we don't talk about that because it's not a, a fancy sin, right? But, 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 but if you eat too much, if you eat, find yourself at Golden Corral, and you know, I've been there and, you know, we have, we have similar restaurants in Canada and I've been there. Actually, at some point, we, 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 me and my boys, we shut down a Chinese restaurant. If you came to Bible study, I think I told you that story. We're playing hockey, we're playing hockey in the church back in the day. And after that, like probably eight of us, we go to a little Chinese restaurant. 
The guy got like five plates. Five plates. Like you have rice, chicken, fruits, like a little bit. And we go and we start eating. We're teens, right? We're eating, 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 eating. He puts the rice. The rice is gone. He put the chicken. The chicken is gone. He put it on. And at some point he comes. He's crying. You go now. You go. He kicked us out. We walk by next week. The restaurant is closed. Now, I don't know if it was us for real, but man, because we're eating, we're teens, we're eating, we're eating, we're eating. Desires of the flesh, desires of, of the eyes, pride of life. How many people now, because of pride of life, put themselves in trouble? How many people at 55 find themselves at the hospital with lung cancer because at 15 they had to show that they, they were, and they started smoking. And they started smoking because you want to prove, oh, yo, you're not cool. So now you want to prove to your friends that you're cool. You want to prove. One of the, how can I say this nice? I don't want to insult anybody, but one of the dumbest ways I saw somebody die. Dumbest way. I saw, I was reading on the news. There's this guy in Australia. He died because he ate a lizard. He ate a lizard. He got in some challenge and then he took a lizard and he ate the lizard alive. So that ended up infecting his inside. True story. Infecting his inside and it took like a year but he, he ended up dying of that infection. So he died by lizard consumption? How do you call that? But why do you do things like that? Because you want to prove yourself. That's the pride of life. Kill, steal, and destroy. And I keep telling young people, you're going to have a harder time being Christian than we did. Because when we were growing up, all we had to deal with was the friends at school. And then once, once you leave the friends at school, you're home, you're good. Or you go to church and you're, your church friends, you're good. And, and, and so, so now the temptation to join a gang was only at school. The temptation to do something stupid was only at school. But you guys, you're with people all the time with your devices. Right? And now you have these things where you have challenges. And every now and then we get a message from the school saying, oh, with this challenge, talk to your children not to do that challenge. Touch your neighbor and say, don't be stupid. Right? Because now, now they have challenges and now you're going to do the challenge. Why? Because you want to prove yourself pride of life. And that is the same tactics that the enemy used all the time. If you follow with me, if we go back to Genesis, back to the beginning... Back in the beginning, so we have three things, right? We have the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. And then if we follow with Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent came in the garden and, and, and spoke to Adam and Eve and, and got them to fall, he used those three things. It was the desires of the flesh, the, the desires of the eyes, or, uh, and the pride of life. Or like the old ways, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And that's how he got Adam and Eve to fall. But then he went at Jesus, and he tried to use the same thing at Jesus. And then so in the garden, um, Adam and Eve had received, Adam had received the word from God, and had told Eve about the word of God. And then so the devil started working and said, ah, did God really say? So he started questioning the word of God. And, and, and by questioning the 
word of God and they by when they remove themselves from the word of God and start conversating with the devil they lost their power and then they fell to the to the the, the devil's deceit and the devil already knew what the the, the the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life and that's how he got Adam and Eve but um, unfortunately for him when he went to Christ Christ is himself the word of God and you could not take him away from the word of God and Jesus overcame the devil because he is himself the word now us if we want to overcome the devil you have to have close relationship with the word. So let's break it down real quick, right? So it says, desires of the flesh. So Genesis chapter 3 verse 6, it says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, right? It was good for food. It looks tasty. Right, you ever at night or, or, or you're out and you're trying to do that keto diet or that vegan diet or whatever diet you try to do? And then you come to church and they put a nice Haitian meal. What's going to happen? It's a wrap. It's a wrap. You want to get that little chicken, that little turkey, the little zuri? It, it's a wrap, right? Because you know that it's good for food. It's good for... So you have a desire to be healthy and to do... But the griot, the griot is calling your name. And then they put pickles next to it. It's a wrap. Amen. How many people love pickles? Amen. And, and, and so she saw that the fruit was good for food. Now, compared to Jesus, right? It says in Matthew 4, it says, the tempter came to him, to Jesus. So Jesus was in the desert and he fasted for 40 days. What happens after you fast for 40 days? You're hungry, right? So Jesus is hungry. And, and after 40 days of fasting and praying, you're entitled to eat. You have the right to eat, right? And so he comes, he says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now we know from later on in the story that Jesus had the power to turn whatever he wanted into bread. He, right, he did the multiplication of bread, he turned water into wine. He had the power to do it, he had the right to do it, but he was not going to do it the wrong way. He was not going to do it the wrong way. You can have the power to do something. You can have the right to do something, but that doesn't mean you should do it. Because you have to do it the right way. And then, so what did Jesus say? Jesus said, sir, men shall not live by bread alone, but by all words that come from the word, um, from the mouth of God. So he refused to submit himself to the devil. While Eve and Adam, they followed the devil's plan. And then number two, the desires of the eyes. And she says, so verse, second part of verse six. And so when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and then, and pleasing to the eye. So now she's seeing and now she has the lust of the eye, right? She has, um, you ever, you're, you're, you're going about your business and you're good and then you see something and then you want it. But then you know that if you go after it, you're going to be in trouble. That's the lust of the eye. Or, or you're at the store and, and, and you're, you're walking and you see something. You didn't budget for it. Amen, anybody? Any retail therapy people? Why you go by Boca Mall, you're in Boca Mall, or you're, 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 or nowadays you're on Amazon, and you're, you went on Amazon for, uh, for, 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 you, you wanted to buy plates or forks or whatever, and then you see 
The shirt, or you see, if you're uh, a, a photographer, you see a lens. You know, these are expensive, right? Or you see, you see a laptop, you see a computer, and you didn't budget for it, but now you saw it, so you want it, right? The loss of the eyes, the loss of the eyes, and then the pride of life. And so for Jesus, sorry, for Jesus, he says, again, verse 9, he says, Again, the devil took him to a very mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to Jesus, All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Right? And, and he said to so his showed to Jesus. Now you notice that he took Jesus on top of the temple. You all know the devil go to church. Y'all know the devil goes to church, right? You can come to church and, and, and you think it's all fine, but, but the devil got people in the church and you think they are good, but they're not good, right? And, and, and that's why your foundation has to be the word. Because you could be brother so-and-so, you could be pastor so-and-so, but if you're not approaching me according to the word, get behind me. I didn't say that. <laughs> Just get behind me. Like, y'all, so y'all added that. Satan, right? That's what Jesus said to Peter. If Jesus said it to Peter, and then so he brought him to the top of the temple and he showed him. And he's trying to appeal to Jesus' desire and lust. But guess what? Jesus knew who he is. He knew who he was. And he knew, you know what? I'm going to spend 30 years, or now at that point, three years I got left on this earth. I'm going to die and I'm going to rose again. I'm going to get all of that anyways. Right? I'm going to get that anyways. And some of the things that you want, you're going to get anyways, but if you just wait to do it God's way. If you just wait to do it God's way. Right? And then it says, okay, sorry, I got to go there. I was trying to avoid it. So, we're young. Obviously, when you're young and you get to a certain point, you want to get married, right? Amen? Do it God's way. Don't go do it the world's way. And, and, and whatever your schedule is, your schedule is not God's schedule. Don't do it on my time, do it on God's time. And if you do it on God's time, God will bless you. God will bless you. And, and part of the struggle is, can you hang in there long enough for God to be able to bless you? So do it God's way. And then the pride of life, it says... In Genesis, and she goes and he says, So yes, it was pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. And by wisdom, it's not talking about the good wisdom of God. It's like that knowledge, right? And Paul says, um, knowledge puffs up, right? You ever, you ever met somebody who have all the answers? They don't really know, but they have to have the answer. I don't know is not in their vocabulary. Pride of life, right? That desire to be. And then like to Jesus, it goes, and so we go back, verse six, it says, if you are the son, the devil saying to Jesus, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, etc." So he says, if you are the son of God, prove it, prove it. Pride of life to try to prove who you are. You ever see how many people, especially when you're young, that get themselves in trouble because they're trying to prove something? And, and, and how many people we try to keep up with the Joneses to prove something? 
Tony Evans says it well. We buy things we don't need. We money we don't have to please people we don't like. Amen, anybody? Right? How many times you buy something you don't need, right? New to whatever, to show off to people you don't like, but with money you don't have. To money you don't have. And now the Bible says what? The debtor is slave to the lender. But Christ came for us to be free. Right? You know that, especially if you're young, like if I could go back in time, if you're young and you have sustainable income, you know you're able to save so that when you actually get married, and if you marry somebody that has the same mindset and you both saved, when you buy your house, you could buy cash. You know, you could save because it, it, Haitians, we don't throw our kids out. I was gainfully employed back in the day and I told my mom, mom, and I wasn't, you know, beefing. I was just, you know, I don't want to be a burden. I said, mom, uh, I got a job. I'm going to go and get an apartment. And my mom says, Tant que pas marié ou pas sorti. Tant que pas marié ou pas quitté. Until you're married, you're not leaving. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went to Mexico on vacation, right? Amen. But we don't kick our people out. So that means what? That means you could, that money that you would pay for rent, you could save. And whether make a big down payment on the house or pay the house outright cash and imagine you live without the biggest bill. Yes, your parents, the biggest bill is the mortgage. It's James Ramsey, um, not Dave, James, Dave Ramsey that gives the example of a couple. Now, back in the day, the houses were less expensive, but a couple, they were making um, combined 80000 a year. Um, so they decided for a few years, they lived on 30000 and they lived on 30000 and they saved the fifty. And after three years, I was 150. And back, that was a while ago. So houses were that price. And so they bought the house for 150 cash. So now you're in the house, it's yours, and you don't have to pay the mortgage. Because you did now, you sacrifice now so that you could play later. But the problem is now we have, because we have pride, we can't wait. Why? Because we have pride, we want to show off to people. So now I, I got to show that, 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 that I'm not living at my mom's house no more, right? I got to show that I have, I can't have a, this car, I have to have that car. And then that's how we get ourselves in, in trouble. Because we can't wait. But Jesus, though he was hungry, though all the kingdoms of the world belonged to him, he said, you know what? I'm not going to do it the wrong way. And so after the storm, he says, verse 10 of Matthew chapter 4, he says, Jesus said to him, to the devil, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then, verse 11, the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. And angels came and attended to him. If you can just hold on to the storm, if you can be faithful to God through the storm, understand that the provision comes after the temptation. A lot of times you go through a trial, that's the test. That's the test. 
But after you pass the testing comes the blessing. But can you withstand? Can you stand strong and say, can you know what? Yes, I want this thing. Yes, I'm entitled to this thing, but I am not going to do it the wrong way. I am going to do it the right way. So if you're going through problems, right, and we all have problems, and sometimes you feel the problems are a lot, and they're, they're, they're weighing on you, understand that after the problems comes the promises. God has promises, and, and, and if you just hang tight, God will bless you. And, and, and he, he'll, he'll give you double for your trouble. It's funny because there's a passage in Joel that, you know, I, I like superheroes, right? Time travel, all of that. The passage in Joel, it says, God will give you back the years that the locust has taken away. You know, God can give you back the time that the devil has stolen. If you're faithful to him. And, and, and how that works is sometimes God gives you a blessing that you're not supposed to get. Right? If you're faithful to God and then you, other people, they're on the long track. But you, because you, you were faithful to God, now you're on the fast track. Right, and, and what took other people 10 years, because you were faithful to God, now you can get it done in one year. Because God is with you. So you don't need to worry about other people, what they're doing or whatnot. You only need to worry about God. And what God is doing in your life. Because after the storm, he says, Then the devil left him and angels came and attended to him. So in the schemes of the devil, the devil has three goals which is kill, steal, and destroy. He has three methods. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But then that, how that comes into your life, now there's competing forces in your life. And those competing forces are three forces. One is you have your nature. You have your nature. That's how you're, you're, you're born. That's your natural instinct. You ever got into maybe an argument and, and you're like, well, that's how I am? You ever heard somebody says, I'm born this way? But I'm born this way is not an excuse. Because we're all born a certain way. We're all born sinners. We're all born. That's why Jesus says to Nicodemus, that's why you got to be born again. If how you were born the first time was all right, you wouldn't need to be born again. So that's why you need to be born again and transformed. And we all have something. Some of us, we have lust from, you know, your, 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 your grandpa was a womanizer. Your pa's a womanizer, and then, but that ain't gotta be you. That doesn't have to be you. You don't have to bring the generational curse and, and repeat it. You can be where the break happens. You can be where the break happens, how you're born, your natural inclination. And that's why you need scripture. Because if you do everything that is, is natural to you, in spite of what scripture says, guess what? You're not a Christ worshiper, you're a self-worshipper. You worship oneself. And, and, and I believe the real religion of America is self-worship. Because we want to, like, it's me, myself, and I, right? And, 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 and if I don't like it, then, then, because it's me, myself, and I, that's the true religion of America. But how many people know you can't save yourself? So if you want to have victory, you have to do it God's way. So you have nature, that's your nature, but then you have culture. Culture, it's your environment, it's your, and, 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 and so your heritage, and, and that affects you. Um, and that affects you. If, if you, for instance, there's this guy, he goes to Europe, 
and um, the, um, he's at a restaurant and they tell him, okay, um, we have a lot of Americans here. And he says, okay, well, I'll tell you exactly how many Americans you have once you pass dessert. Just let me know when you pass dessert and I'll tell you exactly how many Americans are here. And then when they pass dessert, he goes and um, they say, okay, dessert. So now he gets up, he looks around, and he says, you got fake number, 25 Americans. So, oh, yes. So they look at the list. Yes, we have 25 Americans. They said, why? He says, because in America, we eat the pie from the tip to the back. In England, you guys eat from the back to the tip. Now, anybody, how do you eat your pie? Do you eat from the tip or your, your pizza? You take the pizza from the tip or do you take it from the back part? From the tip. Most people will be from, why? But that's culture. Like, nobody says you have to take it from the tip. We're somehow conditioned to do it from the tip. So there's some things that are in culture that we're conditioned to do. There's some mindset that we have in culture, but not all mindset that are in culture are according to scripture. So now you have to decide who's going to win. Is it going to be your nature? Is it going to be your culture? Or is it going to be scripture? Victory is when you follow scripture. Victory is when you follow scripture. A lot of times we, we ask God, God speak to me. God, and we want, we want a, we want a voice. We want, we want some spiritual manifestation. But somebody says, why are you waiting for a voice when you have a verse? Why are you waiting for a voice when you have a verse? Start going in the scriptures and learning what it says and applying what it says and there is safety in scripture there is safety in scripture scripture has been there for 2,000 years and they try to burn it they try to destroy it they try to break it but they couldn't stop it it only grew it only grew it's the best selling book of all times is scripture and you could build on that foundation you can build on that foundation. Scripture is like a rock. If you, if you can rest on scripture or you can break yourself on scripture. That's why you don't need to worry about what the world is doing, what not, because the word of God will last forever. The word of God will last forever. Now, if you want to have the victory, you have to build your life on scripture. You have your nature, you have your culture, but, and, and, and don't get me wrong, there's some things about your nature that are fine. It's fine. There's something about your culture that is fine. I think about Haitian culture. This is fine. Amen. But temper, it's not fine. Because that comes from the pride of life. Right? So woman, I, like, I was in Mexico one time, and, and I'm talking to them guys, and, and they're surprised because they see a black guy that speaks Spanish, right? So I'm talking to them, I'm talking to them, and then they, we start talking about faith. And over there, now I'm not talking, saying it's a whole country, but in that zone of Mexico, it, 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 it's normal to have, um, how do you guys call that now? Um, I'm saying it, how do you call that in English nowadays? A side check. So, so when I'm talking to the guys, and the guys are all here, and we're talking, and I said, no, with scripture, it's one man, one woman, period. Ah, Dave, you're whack, and then they, they leave. Why? Because they chose culture over scripture. But there is safety in scripture. Cultures come, cultures go, but the word of God will remain forever. So what do we do? You need to apply the dips, what I call the dips. 
Number one, if you want to have victory, the number one skill that's going to give you victory is, humanly speaking, is delayed gratification. Because how the devil is going to try to get you, he's trying to get you to jump on it now. Right? He's trying to get you to jump on it now. Like, like I, I, I had a friend, oh, this is a family series, okay, I'm going to skip that one. Um, but he's trying to get to you now. So yeah, 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 we're going to get married, so it's not a problem. We can go and do whatever now. No, no, you can't. You can't. You need to put a ring on it. You need to put a ring on it. There's no, yeah, we're going to. You don't know the future. You know the future? You know the future? You're a predictor of the future. You're in control of the future. So no, 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 none of that. You need to do it God's way. You do it God's way. Right? So delay gratification. They analyze children and... um Give you the short version, but the children that were able to delay gratification were the, the children that were able to have success in the future. Let's say when you're an athlete and you're, you're, you're training, you see the cake, delay gratification. Why? Because I'm training my body to be the top shape that I can. That's the humanly speaking one of the biggest skills. You can whether pay now, play later, or you can play now and pay later. If you play now, you're going to pay later. But if you pay now, later on you're going to play. Meaning, if you set yourself up now, how many people, you know, when I talk to the young people, I say, what do you want to be? I want to be a doctor. Okay, and then, um, but I don't know, it's too long. What? Well, yeah. So then they go for something else. Now, there's nothing wrong with something else if that's what you want to be, if that's what you want to do. But if you want to be a doctor, let's say, and I'm using that as an example, but it could be anything. Go and do the work. Go and work at it. And then what I do is I say this, okay, well, if you go, you're going to have what? Um, 18, you're in college. 22, you graduate from your bachelor. Um, then you got how many years after that? I don't know. But whatever it is, let's say you, you, you graduate, you're a doctor at 28. 38, 48, 58, 68. So you're going to spend four decades of your life. So now if you go and you go and do something else, you're going to spend four decades of your life doing what you really didn't want to do because you didn't want to pay a little bit more in the upfront. Think about it. You're going to spend decades of your life doing your second best job because you didn't want to pay a little bit more right now. Somebody said, Anonymous says, don't jeopardize what you want most for what you want now. Don't jeopardize what you want most for what you want now. Right? So, so ultimately as Christian, what we want is we want the presence of God. We want heaven. But sometimes we want the reward when we get to heaven. What the reward when you get to heaven is more than three million dollars. But then we want, what we want now, we want pleasure now. So we sacrifice the work of God for pleasure. What we want now, we want money now. So we, we sacrifice our service to God for, for all of that other stuff. And so we sacrifice what we want most for what we want now. Don't sacrifice what you want most for what you want now. So delay gratification. Number two is international, in, be intentional in the word. Be intentional in the word. Now, one of the tricks of the devil is to tell you it's boring. That's the biggest trick of the devil, it's boring. Now understand, the promises of God, the, 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 the power that comes from God is through the word. It is through the word. And you need to be able to intentionally apply yourself to studying the Word of God. 
And a lot of times, if you look in the so Adam and Eve, what happened? Eve had a second, second-hand word, right? She heard the word from Adam. And she said, well, God said, so she doesn't have a, a direct experience with God. But Jesus, he is the word. And he spent time praying. And so you cannot fool Jesus with your foolishness because he is the word of God. And us, we have a choice. When you come, if you came here today and that's the first time you open your Bible, that's secondhand food. That's secondhand message. That's secondhand word. You need firsthand. You need firsthand experience with the word of God. You need firsthand experience with Christ to be able to have victory. So be intentional in studying the word. And you can take baby steps, but you need to be intentional. And then you need to pray. Pray hard. Why? Because you cannot do it by yourself. When you pray, what you're saying to God is, God, I depend on you. You ever wonder why God is asking us to pray if he already knows what we need? It's because he wants us to have the attitude of submission, the attitude of dependency on God. That we do not depend on ourselves. And some of the trials that you're going through, some of the situation that you're going through... I'm sorry to tell you, it's not from God. It's not from the devil, it's from God. Because God, even when the devil is active in your life, God, the devil is God's devil. It's like a dog on the leash. And it's to do what? It's to bring you to the place where you're dependent on God. It's to bring you in the place where you realize, God, I cannot do it on my own. I need you. And the most important part, that's why number, number four is seek him. Seek him. You know, it's fine if you fall in love with the church. It's fine if you fall in love with your pastors. It's fine. But make sure you fall in love with Christ. Make sure that you seek Christ. Because when you go in the middle of the midnight hour, when you're walking through the valley of shadow of death, and you're looking at death in the face, yes, other people might be there, but some there's some trials that you go through, nobody can go through them with you. Only Christ can go through them with you. Christ is the only one that can understand you when nobody else understands you. When you're going through the trials, so seek Him. If you want to have victory, you need to have a relationship with Christ. And that's what I feel made Job special. Yes, he had money. Yes, he had family. But then God allowed the devil to touch him and to break him. And, to, and then he said what he said, Before I had heard about you, but now my eyes have seen you. Have your eyes seen Christ? Do you long for his presence? So we're going to close in worship. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes. And I'm going to ask you to take a moment to seek him. Seek him for your situation. I don't know what you're going through. But the trials that you're going through. The, the, the problems that you have. The testing. The trials. The testing. Seek him. Because the solution is in his presence. God bless you.